Hello and welcome to yet another episode of Masters of Our Domain, uh, the podcast which is allegedly about the hit 90s sitcom Seinfeld. I'm Milo Edwards, someone who's never seen Seinfeld, and I'm joined as ever by my co-host Phoebe Roy. Hello. That is all she ever says. Or since you're in Germany, hello. <laughs> hello. <laughs> hello. <laughs> the last time I was in Berlin... Um, one of Nick Babakidis's friends was saying to me that because we were discussing about like not knowing words like excuse me or whatever in a foreign language and being a bit embarrassed. And then she was like, oh, well, the German for excuse me is just coming up behind you and going, hello. <laughs> I was like, is it? Yeah. Well, she was no. just making a point about how Germans are quite rude. Sure. Um, and so like there is a German word for excuse me, which is uh, Entschuldigung. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But um the, the average German is much more likely just hallo. to be like, hello, in a kind of like, are you, are you fucking deaf um, kind well, of way. I'll start doing that as well. Yeah, it's a, good, it's a good solution. But then also, weirdly, so many Germans speak disconcertingly good English. Like I was in, um, I was in this bar on Thursday night because my show was there. And I went up, I was like, I was exhausted because I'd had this four hour flight delay. So I was just going upstairs to get a Coke. And I was like, oh, do you have like a, a Coke Zero or something? And she's like, oh, yes, I don't think we have Coke Zero, but we do have this uh, sugar-free cola. It's like more of a fancy one. And I'm just like, imagine, imagine like a barman in London speaking this good German. <laughs> well, I can't. Like the use of the word fancy. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like constantly going into a shop and being like, do you speak English? And them going like, oh, a little. And then proceeding to speak like completely fluent English. Yeah. Yeah. Classic. It's a, um, it's a well. It's a well-known observation. It is not quite as good as the Dutch, but then again, you know they make up for it in other ways. Yeah, that's true. They do. Um, that's true. Yeah, yeah. So hallo from Germany hallo. to all of our to all of our listeners. Uh, I know we have some some listeners in Germany. Um, the original Seinfeld. Um, and uh, this week we are talking about season seven, episode nine, "The Sponge." This is a real banger of an episode, and I also it is a good one. And I also realised as um, as I was watching it for for, for preparation, mm. um, I also realised that quite a long time ago we we promised this episode to Olga. Yeah, I remembered um, that as well. <laughs> and um, we have um, we have snaked Olga on this. We've snaked Olga. On this it's because we never actually look at what episode it's going to be when we book the guest, or almost never. Well, the um, only the only one we have done was I think um, Riley wanted the limo. Yeah, Hussein wanted a particular one as well, but I can't remember what it was. Riley mm. wanted the limo, and so we so we like made a point of a banger. To be it. fair also a banger and we made a point of arranging that and devon wants um an episode which is later on this season as well yeah but um, yeah i think olga rec- requested to be on for this episode in like when when she was on for like episode three of the podcast yeah, so exactly. it was so now defense it was a while in ago our defense and yeah and then i just saw the episode was coming up and i was like oh i feel like mm. i feel like we might be uh might be about to break a promise here yeah, we did. We did have a pretty good guest booked for this, uh, but she hasn't turned up. So it's just me and Phoebe. Yeah, so there you go. Deal with it. Regret to inform you, it's just, it's just the lads. Uh, yeah, no, uh, no Kylie. We're um, get Angela Merkel. <laughs> uh, as far as I can tell, uh, she was going to come on, but um, she is uh, 
she has failed to show up uh, in solidarity with uh, Gary Lineker, so I can't can't say fairer <laughs> than that. She will not be presenting match of the day this evening. She won't be. Yeah, no, she's she she's be. Ian Wright pilled. She's Ian Wright pilled. As are we all. As should as everyone all. on earth be. The one, the one true King of England. The one Ian true King Wright. of England. I I love Ian Wright so much. I genuinely mm. think that. I could get like legitimate, like legitimately aggro with somebody who, who tried to say anything about Ian mm. Wright. Yeah. In fact, I have got legitimately aggro with yeah. people Ian, who've tried to Ian, say anything Ian about Wright Ian Wright. Ian Wright is your wife. Ian and, Wright uh, is my wife. It, some guys just called 100%. him a slag in a bar and you're like, no, 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 no. What did you Fucking say that again, cunt. Did you, you, what did you fucking say? About my wife, Ian Wright. What did you fucking look at me? What did you fucking say? <laughs> uh, yeah. For people outside the UK, uh, Ian Wright is a former <laughs> professional footballer um, who uh, is sort of now like a popular TV <laughs> pundit and just always comes across as quite a sound bloke. He's an incredible nice sound fella. bloke. He's a yeah. Ars- Arsenal legend, righty. I mean, we won't hold that against him, but yeah, hey! other than that. <laughs> hey, enough of that. That that seems dangerously close to criticising Ian Wright. And you no, know, I'm, you I know the rule. You Ian know Wright. the rule, fella. He's the best thing about Arsenal Football Club. I'll say that. Shut up. <laughs> him and him and Arsene Wenger's really long coat that makes him look like look, Baron Harkonnen. Look, don't. Don't try and banter me about football. We're not doing this. Not this. <laughs> I'm trying out a new personality. Trying out a new personality. Um, well, it's really exciting to to uh, report that uh, Milo mm. has added a new facet to his character, and that is uh, mm. and that is footy banter. So please, you please look out for that on the stage soon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I always really enjoy. I mean, as someone who is, I will I will freely admit to anyone who asks that I am not a football fan and I don't I don't follow football. But having grown up in a household full of people who do, and being British and observant, I do I do have enough basic football knowledge to engage in football banter, which then makes it funny when I watch people who clearly do not trying to do it for clout. Which is it's just very funny watching but just you can like you can just admit that you're not interested in football. You don't have to pretend to um I, I always I always enjoy that. Um, you know. Take take the Socrates approach to football and simply uh, you know, know that you know nothing and you know, take that as then, a position of strength. And then take some uh, take some deadly nightshade and have done with it. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> knock, do knock do it some hemlock. Like yeah. that's the like that is the that is the fundamental Socratic position. It's just what not this. Yeah, Ian Ian Wright finding out about uh, the trial of Socrates and drinking hemlock in solidarity because he's a true comrade. He is a true comrade, but he but he he wouldn't do that. He knows mm. that we need him. Mm. Anyway, glad for that little that's right. <laughs> glad for that little interjection. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's the sponge. Um. We we opened we opened with a bit which I thought was actually quite funny and I've now forgotten what the bit was about. It, it like it, it is quite a funny bit, but it's mm. nothing to do with the episode, which is probably why you forgot. Which is probably why you've forgotten it. Yeah, it's not thematically linked. Yeah, not thematically linked. Linked. It is another another uh, go at uh, glasses. Uh, Jerry's got a real mm. thing about 
spectacles. Oh yeah, I remember now. Yeah, yeah. He's um, in. He's into the spectacle. It's the society into, of the spectacle he, with uh, yeah. Jerry Seinfeld. I mean, this is what the bit's about. Mm. So the bit is is that it's funny to assume that you ever read Guy Debord? <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. I tell you what, I'm Guy Debord when I'm reading it. <laughs> Put a joke in. I yeah. love that that would be like his sole criticism of Debord. That like it's just you yeah. know what it's just there's just not enough gags per minute. Mm, that's Try right. Again. The GPM Let's is an, off. Could, could we have another pass at it? Can, um, could we give it to someone else to punch up? Yeah, yeah. If if Guy Debord had had you know even one session with like Jimmy Carr, you know I think he could have expanded his readership a lot. Why Jimmy Carr? Well, I, I mean, I just thought that would be a funny person to pick. I mean, he <laughs> he's he is known for his joke writing specifically. Like, as in, like, I, I think honestly, actually, as much as I don't like Jimmy Carr's work, I think if you wanted punch up on jokes that you had written, he would probably be very good at it because he is a good joke writer. Mm. Um, you know, he has a what he what he chooses to do with it is not always what I would do. In fact, it's usually never what I would do. But I think the the craft is, uh, you know, it's quite it's quite professional. Mm. That's my that's my view on Carr on the well, whole. So what I'm doing here is I'm just looking up a list of um, situationists to see if any of them would be any good at punching up your jokes. Situationists. A situationist sounds like it would be like one of those like weird, like a 19th century term for a gynecologist because like they weren't considered real doctors. A they just helped out with women's situations. <laughs> a situationist is, uh, is like a kind of serial data who, um, mm. who won't commit to anything. That's a situationist. Oh, yeah. mm. Yeah. Um, a situationist comedian, because mm. it's a situation comedy. Do you see where I'm uh, going? Yeah, with this? yeah, yeah. I do, I do yeah. see. Yeah. Um, mm. I can't, I can't be bothered to finish this thought. So just do that yourself at home. To be honest with yeah. you. Yeah. I mean, all comedy is about situations, really. When you think about it. That's a really good point. That's a really good point. It's like when I always find it interesting when people talk about observational comedy. I'm like, well, com comedy is an inherently observational art they form. Should, you can't they really should call that an obcom. Obcom, yeah. Yeah, they shouldn't. Call it ob obcom is the obcom, regulator yeah. for stand-up yeah, comedy. It is, yeah. And <laughs> you it's, can get uh, a hefty fine from them <laughs> if your stand-up comedy is insufficiently observational. And it's run by uh, by an obsman. Not an obsman. Yeah. An obsman. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah. yeah, very good. Yeah, ombudsman. Yeah, yeah there we go. Run by yeah, uh, which is just an ombudsman mm. with a cold. Yeah, yeah. There you go. That's with, with good. That's funny. Impediment. That deserved. Yeah. That deserved. A, that deserved at least like a smile. Uh, if there'd have been three people on the call, that might have gotten more. I smiled. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. I did. I, I, smi I, I did like see your fucking see your face. See your face. Uh, I think I think it's your imposter syndrome coming through. I think you, you I, sort of you uh, wanted to believe I wasn't smiling. I've got whatever the opposite of imposter syndrome is. I've got king syndrome. <laughs> you've got you've got invited syndrome. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not only do I deserve the seat at this table, I deserve the entire table. That's what you've I got think. The syndrome that that guy who won the Charlie Chaplin lookalike contest had. I beg your pardon. You know, like the famous story about how Charlie Chaplin entered a Charlie Chaplin lookalike contest and came second. I've never heard that. No. Oh, it's like that's a, funny. Yeah, it is. It is funny. It's that's it's funny. on. It's the funniest. Second is the funniest possible outcome. Yeah. Yeah. Um. um yeah. So so the yeah so the, so the, so the bit is about how 
Uh, it's weird to uh, to automatically connect glasses wearing with intelligence. Like, where's that come from? Yeah, like they've um, been reading so much, they've destroyed their eyes. Yeah. You know. But that is what people, that is what used to be the case. That's what people thought, mm. that um, particularly that uh, myopia came from. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Well, you know what? There, um, there was a girl that I uh, read classics with at uni who um, her prescription for glasses got worse during the time she was at uni and her optician told her it's because of all the reading the Greek letters but like was being completely serious well like the more you correct your vision uh, the worse it gets because mm. they, your eyes get lazy yeah which you don't want but the, yeah, the remainder the remainder of the bit is mm. that you don't assume that if someone has another corrective device um, yeah. that they were great at whatever the thing they were that they're correcting so you don't you don't mm. see someone with a with a hearing aid and think they must have been listening real hard it's good it's a good observation like, i, I that agree would, that would pass muster with the ombudsman it would it would i, I think it's a solid yeah um solid obcom <laughs> seeing a guy is. with one leg and being like fuck me he's done some walking he's worn it down yeah to a nub Precisely. But only one. <laughs> only one. Only one. He's uh, he, he, he was favors hopping. one side very heavily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he he's is wearing a, a satchel. He's a hot. He's the hopscotch champion. Mm. Yeah. Etc. Uh, so yeah, it is a good. It, there you go. It's it it's a good. It's a good bit. But it's nothing mm. to do with the episode. Uh, should we do like what each of them are up to? Sure, let's do it. Okay, so what is Jerry up to? Uh, Jerry's thing is that uh, actually no I think we should start with Kramer because I think okay. his narrative is the one that the others branch yeah, off from his, so- yeah it's true Kramer's narrative is the organising narrative he mm. is the cave on which the image gets projected that is right yeah so uh, Kramer uh, deceiving all of the rest of them with his uh, you know shadows and illusions um, he is going on an AIDS walk like a charity sponsored walk uh, to raise money for AIDS um i presume the prevention thereof um and uh presumably yes not, <laughs> which is uh, not, not funding is made... the cia program to <laughs> we, we, yeah which is which is which yeah. just just in case there's any query about that this is mm. made explicit when one of the other characters says aren't you against aids and kramer says yeah i'm against aids yeah um so yeah and, fair, uh, fair play to kramer kramer yeah. yet again uh, ex- exhibiting comradeship and also mm. exhibiting a slightly uh, surprise interest in uh, in the world of uh, of mm. business and he reads the uh, Wall Street business column as it turns out as you know what he's a man of he's a man of many talents is great man of multiple talents and interests so he's and so he's getting everyone in the cafe to sign up for the AIDS walk and Jerry discovers that one of the people on the list is this girl that he met and tried to look her up to get her number, but she was unlisted. So he this takes. Is, this is every like it. It's so incredible that this episode mm. has 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 aged so well, and is still and is still and is still just so funny. It's so funny. It's so good. I like it so much. But yeah. like the actual kind of content of it is just so excessively nineties. Like if you mm. met someone and then like couldn't look them up anywhere, you'd be like. Oh, okay. Well, this is just as well because they're clearly a psychopath. 
it's good or they've given that me I a fake name yeah yeah or they've given me a fake name or something like it's good that i can't find them because they've got a cupboard full of bodies um it's it, yeah it's, it's, a, it's an odd thought isn't it and you like if, mm. if you look in the phone book and a number's not there that's just it yeah you're done you're never finding this person um, and so, and everyone is kind of querying Jerry with Jerry the morality of getting this woman's name off of the AIDS walk list. They seem to think it's, but their their issue with it doesn't seem to be on a sort of GDPR basis, like Kramer's lax data protection. It seems to be on the basis of because it's for charity, it's like wrong somehow. No, I no, I, no, 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 no. That's not it. It's both of it. It's you shouldn't get a woman's number that she hasn't given you. And yeah. that there's no other way of getting, and it makes it particularly suspect because she put her number down, um, like in all innocence, because she is sponsoring someone mm. who's doing the AIDS war. So it's like, so it's not that it's particularly bad that it yeah. is on a charity list. It's more that it adds a kind of it adds a kind of pattern of real grubbiness as opposed to just you, you sure, yeah. This is not but, this is not just like mate, you're being a stalker. This is mate, you're being an unethical stalker. <laughs> Yeah, but on the on the other hand, I think it is also heavily implied that this woman did actually want Jerry to get in touch with her, yeah, and this yeah, was yeah. more of a mix up. So it's not yeah, like yeah, yeah. he's getting in touch with a woman who didn't want him to get in touch, yeah, yeah, as no, is no, later absolutely. borne out in no, the no, episode. Absolutely, which which I think is which I think was actually quite a good and subtle decision made by the writers because when yeah. this transpires, she sort of says, "Oh, it's, this this this, this that, that's fine. Don't be so, don't be so, yeah. don't, don't be daft." Um, and I think that it would have added a slightly different complexion to the episode, shall we say, if she was like, you did what? What the fuck? You're a fucking stalker. Because yeah. even though the decision in season seven has been made to have, and I think I think this is really good. I think this is like a really good, subtle arc that, that Jerry has, now that George is engaged, that Jerry has like been contaminated with like some of some of like some of kind of single George's peculiarities. I think that's mm. like I think that's a really nice, deft little touch there. Mm. Uh, but yeah, so he so so that's where so that's where he gets the he gets the number from. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, and starts dating this woman, but then he uh basically it, uh, George gets it out of him because so George's plot line is that um. Susan wants it's kind of a continuation from the secret code thing where Susan wants George to tell him tell her all of the gossip about his friends that he has in confidence and he's like well this isn't me keeping secrets from you this is them keeping secrets from you like if they don't want me to tell you it's not like I'm not hiding anything I just can't tell you because they told me not to I think this is I think this is a, this is this is an interesting one I reckon mm. because he is he is simultaneously completely right and completely wrong because there's yep. definitely a kind of circle of trust that exists mm. between couples. Like, I think that's like definitely true. I think you're definitely in a kind of, you, you've got like, you've got like a security agency, like a two person security mm. agency in a long term yeah. relationship. It's, yeah. It's a security clearance. Yeah. You've got, yeah, absolute top level security, security clearance with your partner. But by the same token, if you tell your friend something in confidence, you are not telling them with the full cheery assumption that their partner is going to know about it as well. You are not telling both of them. You're telling your friend. So mm. like Costanza is right, but also Susan is right to be annoyed um, at him trying to circumvent the security clearance. 
Yeah, I, I think this is a real, it's a real context dependent one because it just sort of, it depends on the friend. It depends on who you're dating. Yeah, um, of course. It, it, A, it depends on the level of trust, which here is clearly quite low because Susan then does immediately tell yeah, everyone exactly. about this. He's completely right not yeah. to, like, not to tell her because Susan can't keep her yap shut. And I think, mm. I think that is actually a failure. I understand that they have to do it in order for Lena to find out that this is what Jerry has done. I do understand that. Mm. But it's, I think it's a little bit of a failure of narrative because her whole point is, but we're a couple. Everyone's going to assume that you tell me everything. Like, mm. it's fine. And he gives her the secret about, about Jerry, um, about, about Jerry uh, scratching out the waistband number in his jeans and replacing it with a smaller size because he wants to be the same size that he was at college, which I think is, I think is a beautiful piece of character development. Yeah, it's, a, it's such a mad thing. Because also, like, Jerry Seinfeld is just, he's just a thin man. Yeah. Like, he's thin enough that he doesn't need to be concerned about how thin he yeah, is, but regardless exactly, of... But that's what, yeah. but that's why it's so funny, because it's yeah. so insane. So that's mm. why, like, when he says, like, yeah, but I don't want to be a 32. Like, it's so... Mm. It's, it's like, aspirational. It's so arbitrary that, like, a 32 feels not good, whereas a 31 would be fine. It's like, Because yeah, also a 31 is a weird size. It's hard to get. Like, a 30 and a 32 is much more common. Mm. I quite, yeah, that's you know, true. Maybe it's different in America. I don't know. I quite often have to buy a 32. And I, you know, I don't Well, if you have any... Have any insights about um, American sizing? Then uh, do please. I've real, I've I've <laughs> real, I've real trouble with jeans because my thighs are bigger than my waist size would imply. Ah, because you got the them thick thighs. Yeah, the thick thighs uh, save lives. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I could crush a watermelon, but You're I've kind got of sort of Instagram well, baddie. You've got some those yeah. weird Gymshark leggings with the print that makes it look like your bum is in a cup. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I've 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 had a BBL done. Yeah. Um. But also, like, I'm. I just. Yeah. I. The, the, you know. Particularly in America, they don't. They don't cater for the man who is six foot tall with a thirty inch waist and large thighs. Like, it just doesn't. It doesn't exist. Mm. <laughs> so I quite often have to get a thirty one or a thirty two. Um, well, they don't make jeans for women with small waists and a wagon. So they don't. They don't. Not since the Oregon Trail what invented it yeah well that's right yeah they, well they learned about the dangers of wagons yeah that's on the true. oregon trail yeah that's true you know enough not to get on one well exactly yeah exactly. you know and the best case scenario is you end up in oregon i mean come on yeah it's not even that great not anymore no no definitely not not anymore or so i'm told uh yeah, no. yeah uh yeah so uh so yeah, I think I think this is an, I think this is an interesting one because definitely I think the I think the way I think it's got to be a kind of conspiracy of silence and mm. conspiracy of denial, right? So like you know, you know that if you tell a friend something that the chances are their partner's going to hear about it. Mm. But you can continue with the with the fragile with a fragile bubble of trust that you and your friend have, mm. as long as it is never made explicit to you that their partner knows every single thing about you. 
So I think in this case, the taxonomy for me here is if Susan could be trusted not to tell people, this would be fine because it's the sort of thing about Jerry that's just kind of funny and probably wouldn't colour her perception of Jerry particularly. I think things that like as a man you can't tell your girlfriend about, like as in your friend's secrets, are like when your male friends have done something a bit feral where like your girlfriend's not going to look at them the same way. I think that that's where if it's just like a funny thing that they don't want other people to know but she'll be fine with and won't tell anyone i think that's that's fair like game what i don't well, uh, like it, it could it could be anything but i think it's quite easy to make that judgment of like depending on what the person you're telling the secret is like whether this is a good secret to tell that person well, as you know, I'm the great receiver of secrets, so... You are. You have an amazing ability to collate secrets. You, people want to tell you stuff. People like to... It's because it's it's I've got like a kind of, like a kind of, na- sort, of ni- sort of nice round face. They trust so, the wagon. So, yeah. Well, who, who wouldn't? Mm. Who wouldn't trust the wagon? It's because I've yeah. got a kind of... Well, actually, no. It's because... Um, I can't remember who this was. Someone once told me that the reason that children always like me... Is because I've got a face that is like a child's drawing of a flower, and I was like, "That mm. is a weird thing to say." And then I yeah, thought petals. about it. <laughs> got my petals. I got my leaves. Pink, got your stamen. Pink in the middle. Um, yeah. I've got my. I've got my. You know, my pollen up my nose. Mm. Well, that's why um, Jerry Seinfeld likes you so much. But then I thought about it a bit, and I was mm. like, I sort of. It's a strange. It's a strange thing to say, to be sure. But I sort of see what I mean. So I've got like a kind of round face and like kind of round eyes and stuff. So like, mm. I think people just are just like, oh, I feel like telling her some stuff. And oh boy, oh boy, do they tell me stuff? Yeah, they're nine really, times a- out of ten, it's stuff I don't want to know because then I've got this secret, and like, what am I going to do with it? There's an innocence to your look that belies your character. <laughs> That's true. This is <laughs> yeah. You know. Round eyes. People treat you like a priest. Every time. Yeah. Yeah. People treat me like a kind of like a like a cherubic priest. That seems to the, be the, the cherubic order of monks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the the cherubim, if you like. You've got the goyim and the cherubim. Yeah. Yeah. And they um, fight. <laughs> and they do. Yeah. Uh yeah. So um so yeah, like if I'm yeah, if I'm around like a mate's boyfriend, I I mean mm. and also there are like friends who I don't tell stuff to because I don't like their boyfriends. Like mm. that's that's something that like I'm definitely familiar with because yeah. I do not want to have I don't want their boyfriends to know stuff about me and I know that I can't trust them to keep it entirely to themselves. Mm. Um oh they're, oh they oh but well, I'm just trying to think of any of my if I wouldn't tell. Yeah, no, 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 definitely. I have like male friends that I wouldn't tell stuff to because they tell their wife or girlfriend who I'm not a fan of. Um, yeah, yeah. No, I, I have I have male friends that I wouldn't tell stuff to just because like they wouldn't get it. Not oh, even yeah, who no, they would like, tell. Yeah, yeah, no, but it, no, just just in the, on this specific line. Mm. Yeah, we've gone back into NPR relationship advice. I like this. We I have, enjoy yeah. these just the lads episodes because like we always piano end, music. I'm Sarah. We always Koenig. end up just sort of doing a kind of like a kind of very kind of sedate kind of barstool sports discussion. Mm, yeah, not barstool. Yeah. Like kind of call her daddy. This is call her wagon. Yeah, exactly. Call her wagon with Phoebe. <laughs> this and is Milo. the circle the wagons podcast. <laughs> the, you know what? That's not bad. That's not bad. I'm going to write that down. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is just our relationship advice po- podcast. The Paint Your Wagon podcast. It's literally, it's literally just like, can't you just behave yourself? Can't you just behave mm. yourselves? All of you, just behave yourselves. Yeah. yeah so like, there are de- so there are definitely friends that like, and I know that this like harms our friendship because we are not operating on the same the same kind of level of confidences, which is like particularly how like mm. women build intimacy with each other and so on and so forth. But then mm. I'm just like, it's a ritual yeah, that and you- grooming. Yeah, exactly. But not yeah. the, the good grooming, not the bad Yeah, physical ones. grooming, not, not, physical grooming, not yeah, like exactly. online grooming. Yeah, yeah like no. getting fleas out of their hair and eating them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, you go exactly. and get our nails done. Yeah, like, like, like chimps. The, yeah, exactly. But chimps mm. that get their nails done. Mm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, it's bougie like chimps. Clawed chimps, which is mm. a horrifying thought. And I'm sorry I said it. I take that back. I would I withdraw that entirely. But yeah, I sort of think, well, you've chosen this absolute fucking dickhead to spend your life mm. with. And I don't necessarily want this fucking dickhead to have uh, access to my thoughts, secrets, hopes, dreams, fears. Mm. So yeah, no. yeah, so that's like definitely something, definitely something that I, I like I'm aware of. But also if like, if one of my friends had a partner who I did like, and then the partner like, brought up something that i had told my friend i would be like no not this i would get socratic on them and i would say not this yeah that is yeah. right socrates was famous for the this Famously. isn't it chief okay. <laughs> yeah exactly now yeah. i wouldn't i wouldn't say that i think that's a bit far i think that's a bit more platonic so, socrates to euthyphro this ain't it chief <laughs> yeah exactly yeah yeah, yeah yeah just yeah i'm gonna dialogue with them on the subject of not this, um, mm. not this, yeah. not you doing this. No, absolutely not. Um, yeah, so, and yeah. So, so like, yeah. So they're both, but like, Costanza is like unusually very, very non-mad about this. Like mm. his, like his attitude is like pretty reasonable, and Susan's attitude is pretty reasonable. And it's sort of Susan's fault that this delicate, that this delicate balance gets, you know. Mm. Susan wants trust that she hasn't earned. Yeah, exactly. Like, come on, Susan. Really, mm. it's t- sorry. It's time for it's time for a circle the wagons call out for Susan mm, because she right. does not behave herself in this episode. Yeah. No, she does not. Look, Susan, you may be fit, but we have questions. Yeah. So Jerry's um, uh, plot line basically is that then this woman finds out from Susan that. Um, he got her name off the AIDS list or her number off the AIDS list and she isn't bothered by this at all she kind of thinks it's sort of romantic that he bothered um, uh, and then uh, Jerry is then worried that this woman is sort of she too nice yeah. and that she doesn't fuck yeah he exactly she doesn't fuck he said there's no, there's, there's no depravity which mm. like again for like a 90s show this feels like quite a subtle distinction because like she's a good looking girl and he likes her but he is correct in observing that like her fundamental decency probably means that she doesn't fuck. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, so basically then he's like all set to break up, up with her. And, um, and then at, while he's in the process of doing it, she just starts getting like changed in front of him, which he takes as a sign of general uninhibitedness that she does fuck. And so then he kind of has to do an about turn and pretend that he wasn't about to break up with her. But she's like, well, what is it that you wanted no, to tell that's me? Not, that's not why he thinks that. Is it? It's oh. because she's got the cupboard. We, we need to explain what Elaine's storyline is before this makes sense. Right. But she's got a cupboard top to top to bottom filled with today's sponges yeah 
which is a, which is a contraceptive from it's the nineties. I've it's never a heard of this from before. From the nineties, they it doesn't exist anymore. It is as far as I can tell, um, because they have they have they talk about the sponge in Clueless as well, um, mm. and it's a kind of it's literally like a kind of sponge thing. It's like somewhere between a diaphragm and like a spermicidal, and right. it's like it's disposable. Mm. And yeah, they stop they stop making it. No, it no longer exists. Uh, but yeah, I guess it's, it's she's probably got, gynecologically bad in some way. Probably, probably, it's probably gynecologically and environmentally bad. The, the only time I've heard of this is in the concept of um, uh, apparently female porn stars, if they're on their period on a shoot, will put a makeup sponge up their mm. vagina to prevent that being a problem. Oh. Um, and apparently, it's real bad if you forget that it's in there and don't take yeah, it out because it will course. go, it will go rancid. Um, oh. Oh, yeah. I don't like that. I can't remember where I heard this. It might have been, we did have a porn star on TF once talking about the porn industry. It might have been her that said this or it might have been someone else. I can't remember. But anyway, an interesting tidbit about uh, the realities of working in the porn industry. Um, so, um, uh, yeah, anyway, uh, and, th- and then Jerry like has to do an about turn of his yeah, secret. Because, yeah, because he just... he see, yeah, he see, it's not because of the, the jumper, it's because he sees the cupboard full of these now discontinued right, 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 contraceptive okay. devices. And then he's like, wow, this woman's a real freak. She's using the discontinued contraceptives. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then he, although for me, that's not a sign whether someone fucks or not. That's just a sign that they have sex, you know. Yeah, I think Jerry is, like, he's misplacing think, his faith here. Well, I think it's, I think it's that like, and the, this is why we have to do mm. Elaine's storyline, really. So it's that, okay, yeah. so Elaine, meanwhile, we're going to jump around, jump back and forth, because I really want to talk about the scene, um, the scene with Elaine and her bloke. Elaine's um, storyline is the core. Well, hang on. Let yeah. me just finish the Jerry yeah, sure, thing because sure, sure. then we're done. So Jerry, basically, he substitutes in the secret about, you know, filing off the serial number on his genes. Um, and in a sort of shock turn of events, she is like, that's a deal breaker. She's like, that's too weird for me. Yeah. Um, and this is and classic Seinfeld people getting a comeuppance for the wrong thing. But also, like, <laughs> it's kind of right. I would... I, if 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 I'd just been on like one date with somebody, and they told me that they did something as mm. mad as that, I'd have to really really like them to be able to get past it. It's that's really mm. like yeah. Well, and every, Jerry <laughs> Seinfeld, he's too in his head about stuff. You know, at the end of the day, like does this woman fuck or doesn't she? She's she's hot enough that it's worth taking the risk. Like find out by experience. Why yeah, are you remember, fretting about it is, before the event? Remember, this is a new this is in New York, which is absolutely crammed solid with like absolute with like absolute worldies, all of whom um are willing to Ten out of ten give, smoke shows. Yeah, all of whom are willing to give him a shot. So mm. like why would you waste it's not time? time? There's no time to waste. There's no time to waste. Jerry's uh, actually got no dick left from fucking so much. Yeah, it's yeah, exactly. That's why so when he you likes see the- a man with a small dick, you know that he fucks because he's worn it down. <laughs> That's why he likes the sponge because it gives him a little bit of a you know a bit of cushioning yeah. for when exactly, he's doing yeah. all of all of his fucking. Um, Minimizes yeah, the erosion. So, so she thinks that this is just this is just too much. This is one peculiarity too far, and mm. and ditches him. So, Elaine's storyline. Let's go. Elaine's storyline. This Elaine, is the meat of the episode. This really. is the meat of the episode. Elaine finds out that the Today Sponges, her favorite, uh, her favorite contraceptive device, is being discontinued. So it she's should be called gonna, the This Evening Sponge, in my opinion. 
It's when sex typically takes place. Re- sometimes in the morning, rarely in the day. Yeah, I guess. I guess. The this morning sponge sponsored by Philip Schofield. I suppose is it I suppose it's a possibility that you have to put it in for a bit beforehand, like you do with the diaphragm. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. So you've got to put it in. But then I suppose that involves a degree of planning, which I'm not. It's like a side of beef. You've got to leave it to stand. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, mm. you've got to give it, a, give it a nice slap. I air dry it for 31 days in my locker. And then... Um, Bloody hell. <laughs> and then it goes rancid, unfortunately. Right, so you don't want that. Pretty yeah. disgusting. Mm. Uh, yeah, so um, so I think this is supposed to be the point because, like, Elaine is supposed to be, um, Elaine is supposed to be like you know a kind of sult- sultry tart about town. So, mm. and there's even a joke about that, like when um, when Jerry is sort of saying, like, you're looking at Lena, like I can't even believe she has sex. And then there's a mm. kind of yeah weird sort of like slut shamey joke about Elaine when Elaine shows up and he says, on the other hand, like you know, oh she definitely does. And it's like yes, she definitely does, and because you've had had sex with her because you've had you've sex with her this. so why is that why is that a uh, uh, comment on her character and not on yours honestly of all, of all the people to criticize for having sex jld yeah. i mean every also, time she like, has sex with a man that is a gift that is an act of yeah, kindness exactly she's like, she's like mother Teresa out there yeah she's the mother Teresa of pussy that's right yeah mother pussy that's what they call her <laughs> Mother pussy. Mother pussy. Yeah, that's right. She's trying to get that mussy. Yep. Oh no, no, no. Because then that's a that mussy. That mussy. Yeah. Uh, It's a shame because uh, unfortunately uh, they have a quite kind of uh, a fascist view of a of a population Mm. population management. Unfortunately, does mussy. Yeah, <laughs> Gregory Mathussi. Yeah, that's that's right. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, and that and that is why Elaine, following his teachings, is using the Today Sponge to yeah. prevent overpopulation. Yeah. Good point. You know, good point. following she, following his, you know, walking the walk. She Not doesn't think the, the burden of population control should be racistly placed on people in the global south. She thinks people in the global north have to do their bit. Very nice. Very good. Um, so the the reason the reason that uh, the reason that Jerry thinks that the because like Elaine is like okay no women are really loyal to their birth control methods and then there's a great bit when she says well what does Susan use and mm. and Costanza says I don't know I figure it's something which oh my god but the point is is that because Elaine is uh yeah Elaine is a sultry tart around town um mm. so her fixation on the idea of getting hold of a bunch of these sponges and then like kind mm. of conserving them only for sex that's really worth it so if mm. Lena has also been like oh my god if I can't have my today sponge I can't fuck and I want to fuck so she's mm. got an inter- so she's been out and got an entire cupboard full of them so this has a kind of adjacent uh, analogous mm. depravity to it. I think that's the point. Yeah. I think that's the point that he's made, that so, we're making here. No, I understand that. I, d- I just think in, in your and I's taxonomy of whether or not people fuck, it's not about the quantity. It's about no. the kind of sex that, because there are plenty of people who have sex a lot, but they don't fuck. Hmm. Um, I think it's, a, it, you know, there, there is, I would say there's a broad correlation between people who have sex more often and people who fuck, but it's not, it's not one-to-one. You can't. No, the correlation no, doesn't imply causation. No, 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 no that's definitely true. Like, I like. Mm. In fact, probably the most prolific sexers that I know absolutely do not fuck. 
again. In fact, I would say not... that there's a kind of inverse proportionality. No, I'm not referring mm. to anyone in particular. I just can think of a couple. Yeah. One or two. Um, yeah, One so... Um, but I, I think what's interesting about... So Elaine goes out and buys 60 of these sponges, but she still feels the need to, to conserve. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and then so she starts like kind of interviewing men to see if they're sponge worthy. Well, she's interviewing this one man. Mm, yeah. and, it's a ve- and it's very, it's very funny. Like there's a, there's a it's bit, like a job interview. It's like a job interview. Um, like she says like, yeah, run down your pitch for me. Mm. And it's, then, There just, aren't many women I'd pitch for, but JLD, I'd oh, pitch. I'd prepare would, a slide deck. I would, yeah, I would I'd like. I'd turn up with a diorama. Yeah, that'd be papier mache. I'd I'd go absolutely, all out. Absolutely, absolutely. I would mm. like, I would like make one of those like you know those extremely undignified like TikTok job applications. I'd make one for mm. her if that's Listen, what she asked me to. My dick is tiny from how much I fuck. I'd go on a quest. I don't even it's have a dick. That's how much I fuck. Yeah, it's little more than a nub. Yeah, a very. <laughs> small nub that's disgusting that's disgusting this is like this is like olga's uh recurring bit about how if men get to brag about having a huge penis she should be able to brag about having a huge pussy yeah it's a good bit yeah she would have been good on this episode in fairness she would have been been good she would have been good on this episode you know what there would have been a lot to there would have been a lot to discuss with olga so i'm sure we'll have her on soon of course um we can always just we can always just do a little bit little bit of a callback to the sponge we can uh Susan also likes the sponge. That's that is significant. Um, there's quite a lot of stuff about Costanza and Susan having makeup sex because, as as a long term couple, makeup sex is the best sex they're going to have. Uh, which is mm. uh, bleak. It, that's depressing. Bleak, isn't it? Yeah, that yeah, is very no. very bleak. Um, Two people who do not fuck. But there is a bit there where he's where she says, "I don't understand why you can't just use condoms," which is completely fair enough. Um, but he then says condoms are for the single men, which which I also think is a bit fair enough. I think, like, I think if I think if like a woman really really doesn't want to use like a hormonal method, which is mm. again completely reasonable, um, then yeah, I think sure. that you sort of have to suck it up and and either yeah, well, use, either use condoms or you know just be just you know just be careful so i i yeah i mean i do think george is like in a relationship i mean like if you are not in a yeah, relationship yeah, yeah. if you are not in a relationship you should be using condoms it is insane to me how many men do not either don't use them or try to get out of using them or even worse think that they are solely for preventing pregnancy and that is mm. up to a woman to sort out like you need to seriously we're back mm. on the wagons. You need, to fucking, on your chaps. you need to sort yourselves out. You need to fucking get your shit together on yeah. this front. You really, um, really do. With your so spraying your chlamydia everywhere. <laughs> spraying it everywhere. I was yeah. going to say about, about George it is that like, I, whilst I do think George is being unreasonable, he's, it, it makes, in the context of they're engaged, it makes yeah. more sense. Because at least they're not, they're not worried about STIs or anything like that. No. Um, however, w- w- this then circles back to, I think Elaine's thing is so crazy because like, men are going to be willing to wear a condom for Elaine. That's I feel like true. Elaine, Elaine maybe, really has the capital to insist on this. I don't true, think she needs to be true. worrying about the sponges. I don't think you need to have capital to insist on it. I think if Morally, you insist, no, I but think I'm if just you saying insist that on it, then a man should do let, it. 
That's, I completely yeah. agree. I just think there are probably less confident women than Elaine out there who would be worried yes. about yes, whether insisting on it might be a but problem. But the whole point is that she says women are really loyal to their birth control methods. She mm. loves the sponge. It's not that it's not that she doesn't think she can get a man to wear a condom. She can get a man to do anything. She can get a man to do a little dance in the window of like Saks Fifth Avenue on a Saturday she morning. She wants men busting in her raw and that yeah, is her right. She, that's what she likes. Like Elaine mm. likes to raw dog and you know. Elaine, we, Elaine we likes her for a few it. hours later being sat on the subway like, oh, there it is. Elaine could ask you to go on a quest to find a magic salamander skin from the walls of a volcano and you'd, you'd, you'd do it. Just for... You'd... You would. Yeah. I don't believe that there is any either heterosexual or even faintly mm. heterosexual man on the planet who wouldn't, you know, who wouldn't... Faintly heterosexual. Yeah, faintly heterosexual. That's right. That's the, that's mm. the taxonomy. Who wouldn't, you know, drink Feigning a... Feigning heterosexuality. Drink a mile of her piss just to get within a inch of her pussy. That's what I think. We measure in piss in miles. Yes. Okay. Fair enough. Well, this particular containment facility is a kind of canal, kind of piss canal. Piss canal. Yeah. But it's the only... piss canal is right next to the birth canal. It is, yeah, um, it it's is. Much and don't, you don't want to get those two mixed up because you don't. That's disaster. You really don't. The piss yeah. canal is only filled with with the piss of the world's most beautiful women, so it's not as disgusting mm. as it could be. That's right. Yeah, I don't know why um, I felt like I had to make that distinction. I suppose once it's out of the body, piss is piss. Well, the piss canal in Berlin, they just call it a canal. Yeah, that's true. Good. That's a really good point. Yeah, it's how the guy gets to work at Berghain. That's piss canal. That's piss canal, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, right. There you go. That's what it's, that's, that's what it's called. Uh, yeah, mm. so it's not so much that she doesn't think she can get men to wear condoms, is that she, she likes the Today Sponge. And also, mm. the more of them she uses, the fewer of them she'll have in the future. I think that's more oh, I, why I she's understand, like... I understand I that concept, but I mean, as in she can conserve the Today Sponges sure. by just getting men to by wear just, condoms. Yeah, but... And then maybe, that's not her using birth control. I can understand she doesn't want yeah, to use a different method fi- herself. Maybe she finds them frictiony or whatever. Maybe she just doesn't like them. Frictiony. Yeah. They didn't have lube in the 90s. No one, no one was stocking that. Well, they didn't invent it until the year 2000. Yeah, that's right. It was um, it was actually Charlie from Busted invented lube. That's what people don't know. Yeah, he brought it back from the year three thousand. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. That, that's that's right. He did creating a kind of time paradox. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot like Back to the Future. Yep. Although ironically, once once they're all living underwater, lube wouldn't really work. It would be sort of diluted by. Like, I don't know if you ever tried to have sex in the bath, for example. It like you still can't. Would it still would work as long as you got like a kind of hip, like a dense, like a silicone based or an oil one. based, yeah. yeah, yeah. Then in fact, it's not only that it would work; it would be entirely necessary. Yeah, that is, and that is why it was very popular. And that's why in the underwater civilization posited yeah. by busted and. Um, um, and are apparently extremely attractive great-great-great-granddaughter. Yeah, Guy yeah. de Busted and his Society yeah. of the Underwater Spectacle. Yeah, that's... I, yeah. I mean, as far as I can tell, I've never read it. I think that's what it's about. Guy de Busted, Guy de ugly cousin. Yeah. 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 It's about mm. Charlie from Busted going to the future and trying to fuck mm. one of my family members. You know what, Charlie? What the mm. fuck? 
what's wrong with you? I don't want to hear this. What am I supposed to do we're with just, this information? We're hoping he used a condom. That's all we can say. Yeah, let's let's hope so. He doesn't, yeah, he doesn't look the type, does he? Looks like a... Uh, uh, I actually le- can't legally, find them to fit me. We cannot say whether Charlie from Busted uses condoms or not. We have no way of knowing oh, this. I can't feel anything. Um, yeah. Ever, Again, just just for the just for the clarification of any legal doubt, the position of this podcast is that uh, it is not knowable by us. It's a known unknown. It's a known unknown. Latterly, of Fight Star and McBusted uses. What's McBusted? Um, that was the that was when McFly Is that a burger. No, no, no. McFly and Busted decided to just admit to themselves that they are the same band and do a joint tour, where there was like oh, a depressing. super group, but then they all played all the old songs and yeah. I think that I Tom from McFly might be one of the most annoying people Britain has ever produced. Oh come on! He's a he's a canonical. That, ah, not like uh, I'm he's sorry. He's not a, even top fifty. He's such a like simpering wife guy, but in a really like pathetic way. Um, and just the, his whole his whole brand of like, oh, I'm just so sweet. I just don't buy it. I don't buy into don't buy Tom it. from McFly. No, but I don't. Marlo's got his eye on you, Tom from McFly. Yeah. You were he in an indie band wife. in the 2000s. Actually, no, indie is completely the wrong thing. A pop, a pop yeah, band. They're the, yeah, they're kind of guitar yeah. pop, aren't they, McFly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was never a, five, ne- five never colors a fan in her hair. myself. No, me neither. No, but I was like the right sort of age for it because, you know, I was a teenage girl when McFly and Busted came out. I didn't know they'd done a, a super group. I think that's taking liberty, liberties with the term super group, to be honest with you. It's not It's not the Travelling Wilburys, is it? It's not the Who. Well, you can't just make well, stuff up. Well, it's not up. the Who either. Who Who are the Travelling Wilburys? <laughs> oh, come on, that was a good joke. I, um <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, got, yeah. I got distracted because I yeah. don't know what a tra- what's the, a travelling Wilburys the travelling Wilburys are a super group comprised of uh, Jeff Lynne from ELO I mean the, the, many of them are now dead uh, Jeff Lynne from ELO uh, Roy Orbison uh, Tom Petty and uh, uh, do I want to say Bob Dylan I d- Bob it might not Dylan. be it might not be I, don't, I think it might not be Bob Dylan actually but like a lot of very famous people basically um, from other bands, uh, uh, and I think they were together in like the nineties or the late eighties. That's that's what I want to say. Yeah, I've, yeah, I've never, I've never heard of this. Yeah, well, there you go. They're, they're like a, they're like they're a good example of a super group. Um, a super example of a, of a super. Group. There, there you go. Yeah, comprised of other super groups. The meta, the meta group. The meta. Um, that's right. So uh, yeah, I, I do enjoy a bit of Roy Orbison, a very um, a man with a very distinctive and odd style. But you know, I don't, I th- I couldn't name you a Roy Orbison song that's not Pretty Woman. Um, uh, crying. Don't know. Drove all night. Nope. Um, uh, Pretty Paper. Nope. Uh, <laughs> There are others. There are others, no doubt. Yeah, there are no others. No doubt there are others, but uh, on this particular mm. occasion, I, I, don't, I don't know any of them. Mm. Uh, yes, yeah, so, she, so, she, so she, interviews, she interviews this guy that she's sleeping with. She asks to hear his pitch again, uh, and then she says, uh, and then she does a nice little bit of physical acting and sort of says, you're going to... 
Gonna do something about your sideburns there. <laughs> and uh and mm. then she agrees. She's bargaining, I respect that. Yeah, and then meanwhile, Costanza tells Susan that the sponges have t- been taken off the market. Susan freaks out. So Costanza is like, I'm gonna go around to Elaine and get one. Elaine refuses to give him one correctly. Correctly. He tries to he tries to mm. kind of, you know. Also, I, know, I think I think there's an element of bro code here. I think, you know, in that in that situation you should help a brother out. She's not exactly, gonna give him more than one. Exactly. There is bro code, but he's not a woman. He doesn't come on he is not protected by the bro code accords. Oh, it's simply it's gender I'm afraid I'm yeah. afraid so. If a woman came round and if if Susan had come upstairs and asked for one, mm. then I think Elaine would have said yes. That's interesting because you see they're not friends, whereas her and George are friends. So that's I would not, say she has more obligation that, to I agree. I think in, like, the, the in blood real of terms, friendship is thicker than the water of gender. <laughs> in real terms, yes. But in terms of who is protected by uh by the bro code accords. Mm. You, you're not you're not giving you're not giving up your you're not giving up your sponges to 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 to, to a man i think anyway she referred, anyway, do, you know, she, do you know something i found out a while back which just reminded me of this which I, yeah. you, you may possibly already know but you know you know the expression blood is thicker than water mm. um apparently is is misused in the sense that it people use it in the complete opposite way to the way it was originally intended oh interesting okay so the full expression is the blood of combat is thicker than the water of the womb Meaning that, like men, men who have forged relationships in battle have a closer oh, relationship. So than it's literally the relatives. opposite. Yeah, yeah. Ah, so it's a kind. So it's a kind of a no one. Like there are no familial relationships which are as like strongly forged or as important to a man as like as who you have fought with, like your like yeah. your comrades. Yeah. Huh. That is so that's really uh, interesting. Thank mm. you for that. I'm really, I'm really happy to have this new Fall piece of information in, in me. Wagon. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why I've got one. It's in order to mm. keep all my dossiers and my files. It's where I keep. It's where I keep the secrets that people give me that I don't want. Mm. The the one thing that wagons are known for is their storage space. That's why people yeah. took that's them to Oregon. That's why people like them. Yeah. Because if I had them in my brain, then they're taking up valuable space that I could be using for I don't know, knowing mm. about McBusted. If you get a BBL, it's kind of like adding an extra hard drive. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Um, and the, and they and they are looking at doing a kind of like you know uh, like a kind of Apple storage uh, kind of rental mm. arrangement where you kind of rent more wagon space. Cloud ass. Yeah. <laughs> I've actually <laughs> yeah, got. Exactly. I've got one uh, of my cheeks on the cloud, mate. It's yeah, on keep, Google keep Drive. I'm in the cloud. Yeah. So mm. that's freed up yeah. so much storage space. Tell me all of your secrets because I got. I got room for them. You just slap your own bum. It's, this thing yeah. can fat can fit so many secrets. It's free real estate. It's that it's very annoying though, because then if you do if you do want to do surprise butt stuff, you've got to download it first. Yeah, you do. Yeah, that's true. That's mm. true. But you've got you've got significant digital infrastructure. Yeah, it's all on Amazon web services. You know, yeah. I don't like Amazon any more than yeah, the next I'm, man. I mean, but... you know, I'm not I'm not that happy with it. I'm not that happy with uh, with Bezos having that level of access to to my data, but you know. This is Jeff, the world that, Jeff Butzos, they call this it. This is the world that we. This is the world that we live in. Mm. It's the world that we have wrought. The, yeah, this is the world that this is the mm. world we have created, and this is the world yeah. that we deserve. Unfortunately. So the sort of denouement of the episode oh, wait, wait, is wait, wait, that, wait, 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 wait. Right. Um. There's another bit which is important. Yes, Kramer mm. stays up all night before the AIDS walk. 
Oh yeah, sorry, I was getting to this. Yeah, okay. Uh, playing poker and Je- playing, Jerry playing weirdly poker. is very concerned about Kramer's performance in the AIDS war. Like, if I was Jerry, I'd just be like, "This is Kramer's problem. I'm not getting involved here." Is, oh wait, is Jerry oh, no, 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 no. This is another, no, sorry, about sorry, AIDS? This is, no, this is first of all, yes, he is. He's a mm. bad person in a lot of ways, but he is an ally. He is above and beyond an yeah. ally. He is a yeah, faintly honest, heterosexual the that- ally. The amount that the Seinfeld cast are hitting it raw, apparently, they should probably should all be very concerned about any kind of STI prevention. Yes, well, yeah, sure. Mm. But, I mean, that was not, that was not the primary uh, they're going driver for a kind behind, of, uh, behind They're going AIDS for a sort of zero activism. COVID strategy on yes. STIs so that they can hit it raw yeah. as much as possible. But they do acknowledge that AIDS was something which primarily affected, you know, the LGBT community, and they do see yeah. it, therefore, as an axis of social justice. Yeah, they, yeah and, you know, and, and, right, and rightly, because as we have mm. discussed on a number of times, Occasions, Kramer is a comrade. Um, it, yeah, it is. It is important as well because even though Lena forgives Jerry for um, forgives Jerry for getting her number off the AIDS walk list, Jerry is extremely angry with Costanza because he told him this in like confidence. It's supposed to be in the friendship vault, and he tells mm. Costanza that's it. He's done. He's cutting him out of the loop. And there's a bit when he is about to tell mm. Costanza something and then imagines him telling Susan. And then he's right. Mm. He's right not to tell him because Costanza, uh, Costanza snakes yeah. and then Susan snakes in turn. It's a whole, it's an Ouroboros situation. It really they've is. They've got going on over there. Snakes all the way down. So the reason that, so the reason that Jerry is so concerned about whether or not Kramer makes the A's walk is I think intimately connected with his mm. anxiety about uh, John Paul, John Paul, not sleeping through his alarm at at the mm. marathon. He's just doesn't become, want people to miss a sporting event. He's become very, very, uh, yeah, very anxious on other people's behalves about um, about their capacity to, uh, to 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 involve themselves in 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 you know in serious mm. and important sporting events, whether that is serious because of the content of the sport or because mm. of the uh, of the reason behind. Uh, behind yeah. the, the the sporting event, so yeah, so Kramer's up all night playing poker. He wins uh, a load of money. Wins a load of money. Uh, Kramer is he's a true libertarian. He thinks mm. that you don't that that whether or not mm. you wear an AIDS ribbon while you're on the AIDS walk should be a matter of personal choice, and no yeah, so one he, should be able to. He makes it in time to the yeah. AIDS walk, which is what Jerry's concerned about. And yeah, he has this objection. And to be fair, Kramer is taking a rational position, which is like, well, I'm I'm doing far more than most by being here doing sure. the AIDS walk. The ribbon is is window it's dressing. Extraneous, yeah. Like the ribbon without the walk is just like it's just empty sloganeering. Like what mm. you're actually saying, you're saying like. You're, like yeah. you're saying you're an ally but like is it yeah. like is it a gesture which is like backed up by anything foundational but what am i kramer starmer but once Sakir you, kramer qc no but once you've started once you've started at the aids walk and someone offers mm. you a ribbon not taking it is also insane both of the like i'm anti-ribbon his, his position like his position is completely reasonable but as with so many things in Seinfeld, the original position is mm. is, is fine. Uh, sticking by the position when the social context has changed is mm. mental. That's the well, that's the difference. It's a it's a curb storyline of the story. kind that in Seinfeld normally gets given to Costanza. Yeah, good point. But this is because or sometimes Jerry. But this is because now Costanza is engaged. Um, mm. He's got an awful lot of tendencies which are kind of just floating in the ether, going begging, and so they're taken on mm. by his friends. Yeah, it's airborne. 
the Costanza virus. And so then the last, the last little bit is we come across some old pals who are yeah. the, the people the, the who... The gay couple who stole the armoire. Who stole the armoire, who you also see again. You meet them again later on. Mm. And they turn around and they say, who does not want to wear the ribbon? And then apparently mm. like They're attack They're like the team Kramer. rocket of Seinfeld. Yeah. They keep <laughs> and then they up. like attack Kramer and like beat him up. <laughs> mm. yeah. um, and which so is, he arrives at the finish yeah, line. Jerry re- sees reaction. him. Yeah, he's, he's like hobbling over. He's got one shoe on. He collapses at the end in tatters. And then Jerry's like, he shouldn't have stayed up all night playing poker, which is a fun little, you know. Yeah. Coming together. And then we get a post-credit scene of uh, George. Because George's objection to wearing a condom is that he can't get the wrapper open in time. And that it kind of, it sort of ruins the mood. And then he demonstrates that he genuinely can't. And Susan has to open it for him. But then by then he says it's too late. Which is weird. Well, I feel like in, in the con- like in the sense that they're like engaged, I really feel like kind of embarrassment based erectile dysfunction shouldn't really be an issue. If this was like a one night stand thing, I could see that. Mm. But this seems weird. Like I feel like you can you can wait that out. You can get hard again. You've got neither of you are in a rush. I suppose, but he's not in he's not he's not in, in, in very good health. Mm. He's supposed to be in his kind of mid to late thirties. <laughs> like you can't you can't rely on an erection. Like you can't it's rely a, on it. it can let you down. It might snake like a, you. You know, it's a, it's a, like it's one it's one of those things where it's a kind of where it's a kind of decent possibility, but it's not it's not a given, not by any stretch of the imagination. The the sequel to indecent proposal, mm. decent possibility. Decent possibility, exactly. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we've got the end of credit scene. Yeah. And then that's that's it, isn't it? Oh yeah, well where Elaine refuses to have sex with him again <laughs> because she can't waste her she yeah, can't she can't. Waste it another sponge. I think this yeah. is one of the one of the few episodes. She's had her fill. Yeah, absolutely. She is mm. sponged up. She's got she other is, men to get round. You know, she's she not. She is SpongeBob. Pussy pants. Having having sex with Elaine is a bit like the NHS. You know, you've really got to restrict yourself to an as needed basis because yeah. she's got she's got a lot of people to you know treat with limited resources. Yeah. And even though, um, even though the NHS is a is a public service, and it's a bad thing if people feel like they can't make use of it in practical terms, mm. you've got to be a bit judicious. And that's yeah. how she feels about her pussy. Exactly. Yeah. You yeah. know, there's a, there's a lot of men out there who would love to experience Elaine's pussy, and you know, yeah. and don't she needs have to that be op- fair. and don't have that opportunity. Mm. And Not she, all you know, of them had the leg up in life that some of these other exactly. men had. Exactly, and she's taken. And she's taken. Um, she's taken the decision that she uh, that she is not going to also work privately. Mm. Um, yeah. which I think is a very admirable decision that she's taken. Mm. But it does mean she doesn't that have the, a Harley Street practice. Yeah, but it does mean that her waiting lists are prohibitively long. They are. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's right. Yeah, so it's that- one of the few episodes of Seinfeld that that tries. To introduce, because it's not a very catchphrasey sort of show. Like any catchphrases mm. that you associate with Seinfeld, um, I think are like just have arisen organically from the from like the script and from mm. the kind of fan community around it. Something about being thirsty, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah, for example. Mm. Um, but anytime they've tried to kind of deliberately in like insert a catchphrase, like you know, like the like with the uh, like with the what what is it they say? Like the the I love you back. 
Yeah, something like that. It's, got, yeah. it's something like that. It, it, this is this is how unsuccessful it is as a catchphrase. Whenever mm. they try to actively introduce mm. a catchphrase, it never really works. But then Seinfeld catchphrases that you really, really associate with, with the show are like just, yeah, like I said, just kind of organic from, from the yeah. script. But I think Spongeworthy mm. is, I think, evocative. It's a question for us all. Are they it's Spongeworthy? Que- are they Spongeworthy? Are they? Mm. Are they? So few are. So few are. So you... Yeah. So yeah, that's this is this is my observation to, to to all the listeners. Think think to yourself: Am I sponge worthy? And if you're not, then you you want to work on that, my friend. You do. Everyone should you aspire do. to sponge worthiness. Everyone should ap- aspire to sail in JLD's piss canal. Spongeworthiness is next to godliness. That's what they say. That's what they say. That's what I say. That's what I say. I'm always saying this. You want a cherubim? You've got to be prepared to sail in the piss canal. That's all I'm saying. That's right. That 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 is the that is the way it works. Um, well, uh, <laughs> this has been uh, Masters of Our Domain. Thank you very much for listening. If you this is a free one, so we do have a Patreon. It's three dollars a month for the basic bonus episodes. It's five dollars a month for the Discord and the Movie Corner, and it's ten dollars a month for the What's the Deal miniseries. Um, please do check those out if you fancy and have the uh, resources to do so. Oh, also, uh, I've got a special out on YouTube. I keep forgetting to mention this. Uh, it's called Milo Edwards Pindos. If you want to watch an hour of stand-up comedy for free, for bloody free, uh, you can check it out. Lots of people have watched it so far, so thank you if you have. If you want to check it out, it's up there. You can Google it, or you can search it on YouTube. Probably easier. Um, yeah. All right. Well, we will see you very soon. Bye-bye. Bye.